Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. We have Lisa Robin Young, the founder of Arc Entertainment Media and the author of Creative Freedom, How to Own Your Dreams Without Selling Your Soul. She helps creative entrepreneurs make good money doing what they love and enjoying their life in the process. Today on the show, we are talking all about what six figures really means, how to create growth and sustainability, and really owning your personality type as a creative, whether that be a chaotic, a linear, or a fusion. Stay tuned to find out what that means. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Oh, we're pumped. I heard about all the awesome things you could talk to us about, and I got really giddy and really excited, and I think this is going to be an awesome conversation. So before we jump in, I just thought I would mention that in the past, Emily and I have talked about what it means to get to six figures. And I think we have always put with the big caveat that we know a bunch of our people aren't ever really looking to get there. And I think there might be some reasons behind that. Um, But for us, like, what did it mean and all that jazz? So you have this posing question that I just want to jump straight into. And what does six figures really mean? And I can't wait to hear your take on it. Yeah, so six figures... On one hand, it's an arbitrary number. But on the other hand, it has real significance if you're doing your creative work for business purposes, like if you're trying to make a living doing what you love, six figures is almost non-negotiable. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule because you live in an area where the cost of living is low or you have very low expenses and you don't need to make six figures. But I call this the six-figure distinction. And it's getting clear on whether you need a a lifestyle that equates to six figures because you can get there without actually hitting the number. I have clients we're making fifty or $60,000 a year, and they're living quite comfortably on what they're making, and they don't need six figures. But for most creative entrepreneurs, six figures is a healthy number to hit because if you're running your business like a business, 
you have to pay yourself a salary and then your business has to retain income to be able to keep the business going. So the business needs money and you need money. So if you're paying yourself a living wage, I use the the approach called the profit first method. It was developed by Mike Michalowicz. And he basically says, if you're making less than $250,000 a year, you're paying yourself an owner's salary of half that. So if you're making $100,000 a year, you're paying yourself 50. 50 is pretty comfortable in most of the United States. Not everywhere, because places like San Francisco, New York, uh, Portland, really high costs of living. And you need, you just, you need six figures sometimes just to pay the rent. And so the distinction is, are you looking for a lifestyle? Do you need that income at six figures or do you need a six figure profit so that you can live and still keep your business alive? And that's why, um, particularly in my business incubator, when I'm working with creatives, I'm like, that's your goal. Not because six figures is the be all and the end all, but because when your business hits six figures, if you've done it right, it's healthy Mm -hmm. and it's able to pay you appropriately as well. And so that's why I really drive toward that number. Uh, Again, not because it's some, you know, big prestigious thing, but because it's a necessity so that you and your business can both be healthy. I talk about profitable and sustainable business because I don't want my clients on the hamster wheel of hustle all the time. You've got to be able to take time to enjoy the money that you're making. And that's why I espouse the the six-figure distinction. Well, I remember when uh, setting our goal for our first six figures was a conversation and it got brought to the table. And remember, we're a partnership. So not only are we like making money, but we're splitting it in half and then we're splitting it in half again so we can both be bringing home some, some cash dollars. And I remember like setting that goal for pretty much like going into our first 12 months of being in business, not our first actual year, but Mm -hmm. so we started kind of in September, but heading into that next year of 2016 with the goal of hitting six figures. And it was so ridiculous. Like to say that phrase, it was so like, that's never going to happen. It was so like, who are we to kind of set that goal for our first, not even full 12 months of being in business. But I think looking back on it now where I'm like, well, okay, well that first six figures and then doubling it four months later, like, okay, a huge milestone. And I'm proud of us for bringing that in. But like financially, it was also nothing. Right. Because there's two of us and our business costs money to run. Yes. And as your business grows and gets more complex, you have overhead and infrastructure that you have to contend with. That stuff costs money. And, And one of the things that my clients learn is that as you're growing towards six figures, there comes a point in time where you still, you can't manage everything yourself. Even if you're a fusion creative and fusion creatives, we love to try and do all the things because we're good at all the things. But at some point, we have to let go of our Vulcan death grip on all the things and turn it over to people that we trust so that they can help grow the business. And that doesn't mean it's full-time employees. It doesn't mean it's a big staff, but that stuff all costs money. And that's why, you know, people go, ooh, six figures and their eyeballs get all big or their eyes glaze over because they're like, oh, I am so tired of hearing people talk about six figures, blah. But a healthy business is going to need that kind of revenue. It's a necessity. It's It's not some high and mighty thing. It's a necessity. Well, I think that's our responsibility. We share our um, monthly income reports. Abby writes up, she's our numbers gal. She crunches the numbers. She figures out, okay, where did that money come from? And people see 
how did we make the money this month and where did the money go? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it helps kind of lift that curtain, especially for creative business owners. Of This is how much it costs us to make that much money. Right. So us telling you we had a six-figure month or a six-figure year or whatever it may be, like I want that to be put into a real perspective when you see that breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely didn't spend a ton on people at first, but this last year, uh-huh. my Lanta felt like bleeding yes. money. And we, we did crunch the numbers and we spent about 16% of every dollar we earned was to go to other people, not the two of us. So that doesn't even include our salary. It was just spent on contractors and 16% of how much we made, like almost 400000 in cash was a lot of money to let go. So it's not cheap to grow. But I do think for for people starting out that it can be a very emotional thing and an emotional number. And it's not even that it, I don't know, for at least here, like where we live, six figures is pretty much yeah. unheard of. Like most people, um, like that would be a very unreasonable, not unreasonable, but like the percent of people in our city making that much as a household or more is very small. And the cost of living here ridiculously is cheap. Well, yeah. and it's not, it's not that it's the lowest in the country by any means, but it's, it's down there. Like my house, my, my house in LA would probably be five or six times the sure. price, maybe even more than that. Um, and so when we started looking at that kind of money, like we were like, do we even need this amount? Like, and I mean, come to find out when you <laughs> split it and split it again and pay all your you people, a hundred thousand is nothing. Uh, but and you pay taxes. Yes. Let's not even get into taxes. So talk to me about some of the emotions you see coming up for people when they start like trying to set a big financial goal. Well, for a lot of people, um, I talk about your enoughness number and the number that's enough for you. Okay. And I always pair that with the six figure distinction because while I want you to drive towards six figures because of what it's going to provide for you in your business, you also have to have clarity on when is mm-hmm. it enough? You know, your, your enoughness number, Abby, is probably going to be different than Emily's because you guys are living in different locations and, and you know, your cost of living are going to be different. You may have different family sizes. You may have different health considerations. So your enoughness number is going to take into account all of the things that you want to do, be, have an experience that when you when you're at that level, you're like, this is good. This is enough. I'm comfortable. I feel good about this. You may still want some things that would be nice to have, but this is enough and it feels good. And that number might be six figures. It might be much higher than six figures. I have a client right now who's driving towards 300,000. Um, and because of where she lives and what she's trying to do as a single person, that's what she needs. Right. And I have another client who's like, you know, 60,000 would be great this year. And it's like, great. If that's, if that feels like it's enough for you. And then she's like, well, you know, actually that's not enough. I'm like, okay, then maybe you need an interim enoughness number because here's what happens for people who are in the early stages of business, whether they've been doing it for a while or not, there's this space called early struggle. And this is not a, a term I coined Les McCune, the author of the book, Predictable Success, 
um, he was a client of mine and um, he talks about the business life cycle and early struggle is where everybody starts. And that's the single purpose, the single focus of early struggle is to get out of early struggle as fast as possible, which means finding the profitable, sustainable market for whatever your, your offering is. So you can stay in early struggle for a while. And I find that six figures is just about where you break out of early struggle. But for people who are still in early struggle, sometimes they haven't even had a $5,000 month yet. And there's a mindset shift that happens once you hit 5K per month. Six figures becomes a breeze, psychologically speaking, right? So all of the emotions are dealing with how is it even possible? And, and, and the function that happens here is I call it the file clerk in your head. So imagine if you will, there's this file clerk in your head. The file clerk's only job is to put the files of information in the folders that you tell it to go into, right? So if you, if you mentally walk into the file room and say, put this in the file folder that says, I can't sing because you went to karaoke and it was awful and everybody booed you off stage. So you put that in your file folder that says, I can't sing. The next time you go into the file clerk and you say, put this one in the file folder that says, I can sing because all your friends just told you, you need to go audition for the voice. So you put that in the file. And then the next time you have an opportunity to go do something, you're going to go back to the file clerk in your head and say, Give me the two folders that say I can sing and I can't sing. And whichever one is thicker is the one you're going to believe. That is just how the brain works. So if you've got a file folder that says, I've never made six figures. I don't know anybody who has. Everybody who has is way better than I am. I'm not worthy. And you've got a really thick file folder. The bad news is you can't do anything to make the file folder smaller in your brain because the information is there. The data is there. What you can do is start crafting new stories and you can start filling up the other file folder. So you start looking for people who are in your peer group who have hit five figures, who have hit six figures, and you start listening to their stories. We're not going after the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world, okay? Because that's, for some people, that's very inspiring. And for other people, it's like, well, yeah, but he's Gary Vaynerchuk, you know? And so that doesn't help you. You want to find people in your peer group or people who are one step ahead of you in your peer group so that you can follow the trail that they followed to get to where they are. Whether or not you follow the exact same steps, most people can innovate on the steps that other people took if they're close enough to where they are yeah. level-wise. So if I'm at your level and I can see that one of the things that got you to where you are this year was that last year you had a TED Talk, then I can go, okay, then my goal is I need to start working yeah. on a TED Talk, right? So we can see what that next step is. But 30,000 steps beyond us, we can't see it. So mm-hmm. my, when I'm working with clients in early struggle, it's all about training their brain to see what's possible for them And once we hit that goal, I mean, I've got a client right now who's raised her rates two times, three times in the last year and a half. Because the first time she was, I said, you need to go to $500 an hour. She's like, I don't think I can do that. I'm charging like 160 now. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you need to do this. So she inched it up to 250 and she was like, but she got new clients that were great. And she's like, this was phenomenal. Let's do it again. And then she went up to 350 and now she's up to four. And I'm like, we're going to get you to five by the end of the year. I know we are. And and now she's comfortable because she's had those nearly yeah. six-figure annualized months. She, she, she went from $1,500 a month when she first started working with me 18, uh, 15 months ago, no, 18 months ago, to pulling in just about 70000 last year. 
Yeah, because she was willing to open her eyes to new perspectives and try some things that she hadn't done before and rewire her brain to go, you know what? I know my stuff and I do bring value to the table and I am worth it. In fact, the first thing that got her to change her mind was she saw somebody else in her industry who was charging almost twice what she was charging, who only had like nine months of experience and she had like 10 years. And she got pissed and she was like, oh no, we got to do something. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's like, why should we wait till we have to see somebody else doing something? Like, just start training your brain now so that you can be ready when you make that shift. Well, I think it's an awesome way to really shift that comparisonitis, like, thought process. Because all of a sudden, these people that I know you're looking at, whether you mean Mm -hmm. to or not, it's Instead of framing your brain around, they're better than me, they're doing all these things differently, and I could not possibly do this, all of a sudden, if you switch it around and say, well, we're doing things very similarly, and they're rocking it, and these are the amazing things that are happening in their life, and this can happen to me too. And I think that really started happening for us. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before necessarily, but... I would see other people and I loved the transparency of like income reports and seeing those sort of things. And there was people that I would consider peers that Emily and I would look at and look up their, um, how their launch went or how this thing went down. And I remember telling her like, I feel like we're just six months behind this girl. I feel like we're just a year behind this girl. And I think if we do these sort of things, we can make this happen. And it wasn't a jealousy thing at all. It was like, Framing the fact that this yes. is possible. Yes. Following yes. the footsteps. A lot of us look at somebody who's like four years ahead of where we are and we want to be there now. And it's like, okay, but yes. you didn't do the four years worth of work yet. Go do the work and then see where you're at. That's exactly what I was going to bring up because I feel like a bunch of people in our audience will do this either for us, like with us and our business or with other people. And they will say, okay, well, they started a podcast last year and built their audience. So that's what I need to do before they have a product, before they have a service, before they have an audience. And I'm like, "Hmm, our podcast was a strategic plan two years in after like evaluating XYZ of our needs, but we were making money. We were making over six figures before we decided to launch that. And that's just one example. I'm not saying that if you, if you launch it early on, it's a mistake, but it's stuff like that where we even have people who are like, you know, ready to host a webinar before they have something to sell. And before they built up content, wanting to go speak somewhere. And it's just this like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, but like, look at those early years of what they did to build that foundation and then try those fancy strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I I tell a lot of people, it's like, it's like Marie Forleo's website. Everybody's like, oh my God, her own website is so awesome. I want Marie Forleo's website. I need this blog. And and that's the thing. You have to go way back. 10 years to when Marie Forleo was just a life coach with a janky website and a little opt-in box. And it was, I mean, it was awful compared to what she's got now, but it was perfect for where she was at in her business at the time. Right. And all of the offers that she floated that did okay. And then how she condensed and repackaged and then came up with B school and how B school has now been running what five years because she found the thing that works. Right. And so she continues to hone that one thing. And then okay, now we're going to add another thing and we're going to work those two things in tandem. And now we're going to add another thing. And she's been very strategic, but in the beginning she was throwing spaghetti like everybody else. Yep. Yep. And you have to look back and see that that's the trajectory that everybody takes. 
I think people forget that even the most successful business owners threw spaghetti first. Yes, you have to. Like, you have to. I think, you know, a lot of people look, okay, they have their signature program or they have a high-end mastermind or they have this. It did not start that way and it cannot start that way. Yeah. You cannot go out of the gate charging $50,000 for a mastermind. Yeah, That's just not what sell you a program telling you you can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You just can't, babe. Right. Right. <laughs> So you mentioned some words earlier that I want to kind of dive into a little bit deeper about what they sure. mean. You said words like linear creative, infusion creative. Yeah. What's all that about? Okay. So a couple years ago now, I developed completely by accident um, the creative entrepreneur spectrum. And so this is a range of personality types, for lack of a better word, um, from the very chaotic on one side, who are very um, go with the flow, touchy feely. These are your healers, people you tr- traditionally consider creatives. Um, mm-hmm. To the very linear on the far end, these are your thought leaders, your intellectual property holders, your your pattern finders. They're big on systems and structures and process and order and numbers, whereas chaotics are not. And then right down mm-hmm. the middle, there are these fusion types of which I am one, and we stand with our feet one foot in both worlds. We we equally love both sides of the spectrum. And we equally hate both sides of the spectrum, depending on the day, because we speak both languages and we need both languages or we don't feel complete. And so I developed this assessment that people can take and it's, it's free. Um, you can go to lisarobinyoung.com forward slash quiz and it will help you identify your type. And it will show you not only your ninja skills, because each type is really good at a lot of things, right? But they also have their blind spots where they don't realize that there's something about the way they're wired that prevents them from seeing success, uh, the success that they could be seeing because they're hung up on or stuck in those blind spots. And so this helps peel the blinders off and give you real clarity on this is this is your zone of genius. Work it. And these are the things that you yeah. really need to think about finding somebody else to help you with so that they don't slow you down and so that they don't hamper you and keep you from being productive and really hitting the success that you you want and deserve. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So I took this quiz a little bit before we hopped on the interview and I was talking to Abby about it and I think it's the results that I got are pretty hilarious based on what I thought I would get because I still think I'm in the headspace of who I was a couple of years ago ah. uh, versus who I am now as the type of business owner that I am now and the type of creative. So my results are you are on the cusp between linear creative and fusion creative. Um, I so I feel like I'm on the line of both and I, <laughs> but one line in here that kind of like broke it down a little bit more for me, whereas, uh, uh, this hit home for me, it says cusp type creatives have a dominant preference for their namesake, but they also have demonstrated strong crossover preferences, but they weren't necessarily born on the cusp. Often they learn their opposing type over time and develop an affinity for it as they get better at it. So for listeners out there, you guys probably know where I'm heading with this, right? I would have thought I was the chaotic creative, the artist, the true creative, the my desk is a mess, like I just need to create in this type of person. Uh, But over time, I have started to like data a little bit more, numbers a little bit more, realize that I work better with the system and better with structure. And Abby's a big part of that as our numbers gal and like helps me do math over here. But I think it's super funny of how it shifts over time as as you change and your business change and, and the needs of what your role in your business plays and how that changes. Yeah, cusp types are really interesting because the way you tell a cusp type is when the chips are down, there's a there's a way that they problem solve. There's a way that they lean in that speaks to their namesake. So if you're on the cusp between linear and, and fusion, that means you demonstrate a lot of chaotic tendencies because again, fusions have a foot in both worlds. But when the chips are down and things are hard, you're like, let's go back to the numbers. Let's go back yeah. to the process. Let's get a routine. Let's get some order going on here. Yeah. And and that speaks to um, your gifts and your abilities. And it's probably one of the reasons why you two work so well in a partnership because 
I'm guessing Abby is probably more linear. I don't know if she's taken the, the quiz yet. I haven't, but I would. I'm almost positive. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So so what happens now is, and you're a, you're a great example, Emily, of of being a cusp type. You're the great translator. So you get to stand there almost as a fusion, but not quite. So you can really identify with the linear things that are going on with your partner. And that's very important mm-hmm. that partners are compatible. And then be able to show that big picture and step back and speak the other language and translate it back to her in a way that she's like, yeah. I get it. Let's go. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, you like, that's our day to day. I feel like. <laughs> but her, her version of explaining it is like grunting and making faces at yeah, me. And I that's chaotic, man. That, that's how they, <laughs> how they speak. They're like, feel it and live it. And chaotics are all about the experience, high level of excellence, all of that. Yep. Linears are like deadlines, numbers, budgets, got to hit them, hit the targets. They're very target goal oriented. Mm-hmm. So when you have a, a cusp type that can speak to, yes, I know we have goals and I know we have targets. And here's this vision of what mm-hmm. we could be and where, where I would love to see us get. And your linear is like, okay, but we still have to bring this back to numbers. We still have to make <laughs> business sense. And for you two guys to be able to work together on that, um, you know, that's, that's the beauty of when you know your type, it's easier to find the right people to work with and to keep the yeah. wrong people out of your, off your bus, so yeah. to speak, so yes. that you know, you're moving in the right direction. Yes. So how can we translate that and take yeah. what we know about our personality or the type of creative we are and translate that into growth and sustainability and earning more money. Sure. When I'm working with clients, it's all about what I call the 360 degree business design. And there are two aspects of you that go into consideration and two aspects of your business. And they're, they're basically mirror images of one another. One of those is your personal context. What matters to you? What's important to you? What's going on in your life? Because as a creative entrepreneur, which is different than someone who's, you know, a corporate entrepreneur and owns a big conglomerate and all that, as, as, a, as a creative entrepreneur, you are a piece of that business. That business is a piece of you. So if you're not healthy, it's not healthy. And if it's not healthy, <laughs> you're not healthy, right? So we have to know what's going on for you. And we can't build a business. For example, I have a client who has a chronic illness. She could never work a nine to five job. She's just not physically wired or able to do that. So she has to build a business around the fact that she can only work a few hours a day, which means she has to price things differently. She has to market to a different audience than she might normally because she has to be able to make more money in the hours that she has available in order to have a lifestyle, right? So we take that personal context into consideration. And then we look at where your business is in the life cycle. So in in most cases, when clients are coming to me, they're in early struggle and they're like, dude, I just need to make some money. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, but the only way we're going to do that is if we look at these other pieces. And so part of that is what is your business model? Right. What what are you doing business wise that, you know, what are your offers? Who is your market? What's your message? All of the businessy pieces that most people come to expect from working with a business coach. But that's just one little piece. And then we have that that other piece for the personal side. And that's your creative entrepreneur type, because if you're a linear if your great work is around linear constructs, you're, you know, a, an author with intellectual property, which was the case of Les McCune. He was very hands-on in the business, teaching and leading workshops. And it was like, dude, this is not your gift. You're a great speaker. But he was like, what I really want to do is leverage this and grow it so that I have trainers and speakers who are speaking and sharing my content for me. 
and I can be the business owner. And I'm like, great, then that's what we need to develop for you. And so we set up an online platform for him so that he could deliver the content once and then he could go out and be the, the speaker for his organization and be that mouthpiece to attract the right people into his train the trainer program and leverage it out that way. On the other hand, if you're a chaotic and you're standing over there like mm, Lady Gaga, you're like, I want to control. <laughs> She's a great, great example of a chaotic creative. She's yeah. not afraid to go all in when things meet her high level of experience, right? She, there's a story, mm-hmm. um, there's a, 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 a documentary called Who the Bleep is Arthur Fogel. And Arthur Fogel is like big time music promoter guy, right? Like he does all the big tours and she wanted to get on his radar bad. So she took every penny she had and plowed it into funding her own tour. So if this did not catch his eye, if this did not work, she was done, right? Mm -hmm. Except for whatever money she managed to recoup on her tour. Well, yay for her. It worked. Arthur's like, all right, Mm -hmm. you're you're coming with me. And now she's, you know, Lady Gaga all over everywhere. But at the time, Mm -hmm. she put everything she had into it. And chaotics Mm -hmm. are not afraid of higher risk if it's going to meet their expectation of how's it going to look and feel. Linears can't do that. Linears are like, I need safety and security. I need stability. I need to know the numbers. I know I need to know I'm going to be able to pay the bills and feed the dog at the end of the month, right? I've got to have my savings account. Got to have it, right? So when you understand that about yourself, you build your business around what works best for you. And I maintain that the best way to be successful is number one, define success on your own terms. And then drive yes, towards that. Please. Drive towards that. Stop looking around at what everybody else is doing. And fusion creatives are bad at this. Our biggest problem in the world is comparisonitis and perfectionism. And it holds us, it freezes us because we stand in the middle looking at both sides, going, oh my God, they're so much more creative than I am. When then we look at the chaotic, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're so much smarter than we are looking at the linears. And it's like, oh no, baby, we got it all going on. We are the whole package. <laughs> and we just need to ship. We need to get it out the door. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be perfect because that's not, as a creative entrepreneur, that's not what people are coming to you for. People are coming yeah. to you for you first and everything else second. Now, if you don't bring things yeah. that they want, eventually they're going to be like, yeah, it's nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they'll be like, I, I follow you on Instagram and I like all your photos, but I'm never going to buy from you. I mean, like that's, that's the relationship yeah. you end up having. But on the other hand, if you are bringing the content and they get to grow along with you, they love you. Yes. And that's been my experience. Yes. I've, I've pivoted several times in the 20 something years that I've been um, <laughs> you know, working as a creative entrepreneur and, and a business coach and trainer. And so in those pivots, I started with, I think, seven people on my newsletter list. And, yeah. and there are like three of those people all these years later, uh-huh. who are still on my list. And I'm like, hey, yeah. welcome. It's so good to see you again and again and again, because they're yeah. here for me first and the other things yes. that I do second. And so as a creative, we have to keep that in mind. We are the brand so often. Our face is the public thing that everybody starts to attach themselves to. And if you're introverted and you don't like the public eye, I get that. And you can still be introverted and not like the public eye. But we still we still hey. want to connect to you. So let us connect mm-hmm. to you in the way mm-hmm. that works for who you are. So that's the thing. It's like, find out what works for you. What are your non-negotiables? How do you like to live and work and move and have your being? And then build the business around that instead of trying yeah. to spackle yourself in around the cracks of your business. Well, and 
I love that reframe of thinking because so much of our audience, you know, deals with mental health issues or chronic illness or 17 bajillion kids at home or an unsupported spouse or whatever the thing may be, right? Or all of the above. And so they use that as the, okay, but I have all that. That means I can't reach six figures or that means I can't have a team or that means I can't do this. And I love your reframe of like, cool, if you've had a chronic illness and can only devote three hours a day, how can we utilize that the best? You're going to have to restructure your services. You're going to have to restructure who you work with. That's okay. There's a bajillion people out there for you to target. We just have to figure out what that message is. Yeah. I like to tell people, look, if a 40 something year old dude can make money unboxing transformers on YouTube and playing <laughs> right? with toys. There is a market for you. It's about yeah. finding what works for who you are and what yeah. you're trying to do. And and so many people come to me going, can I really do that? Hell yes, you can because yeah. it's your business. As long as it's legal, you can do it however you want to. <laughs> when I built the incubator, which is a pay for results program, which means the more money you make, the more money I make, right? Yeah. Um, People were like, how do you, how do you do like, can you actually make money doing this? I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Because here's the thing. I have a vested interest in seeing you succeed yes. and you're in control. So if it's not working for you, we're not doing it because it's not an alignment for you. Right. So I'm, yeah. I'm real conscious of, I've got to make suggestions that are going to work for that person and are going to bring in revenue because girl got to get paid. Right. <laughs> like Lisa needs to pay her bills. Right. So you know, and I don't take a ton of people in the program all at one time because it's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of hand-holding. It's a lot of being very present to what's true for you right now. I have one client, she has a day job and she wants to transition out. And she started with me about 18 months ago. And it was one of those, look, I have five hours a week. That's all I have. And you know, I, I have this day job. And so there's no guarantee that they won't try and suck it away from me. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to ride the turtle. Some people want to ride yeah. a rocket and go, Pshum, six figures. Woo. I'm yeah. like, you have to recognize it's going to take you longer. But if you stay the course and do the work, you're going to get there. So in the first yes. year, we spent doing a lot of head work and unpacking of things. And she got her opt-in offer finished. That's all she did the first year in terms of things yeah. that the world could see. Behind the scenes, she was doing a lot of work, right? But she got that opt-in offer out. And within a couple of months, she started getting client inquiries. And now she's doing book designs. And now she's got money coming in. And she's not ready to leave the day job yet. But she's like, this riding the snail thing is working for me. I'm like, Confucius says it doesn't matter how slow you go as long as you keep going. And that's the thing. You have to stop comparing somebody else's trajectory to yours because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes for them. I had, I had a colleague who we came up at about the same time many years ago and I watched her in like a year and a half, just like shoot to the moon. And she was like at all these conventions and conferences and it was getting picture taken with all these famous people. And I was back there going, I'm better than she is. Why is she getting all the attention? You know, all of that angry jealousy stuff. And then I found out she put a second mortgage on her house to be able to pay for all the trips that she was going. She almost lost the house because she wasn't making enough money. Her husband divorced her and took the kids. So, I mean, her life was falling apart, but she had all these great pictures oh. on the interwebs making her look so super that I was feeling jealous about. And then when I found the backstory, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, want I'm that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to keep plodding <laughs> along at my slow little pace, making friends and trying to have conversations and sharing what's true and not going into debt and not killing myself on the hamster wheel of hustle. 
And does it take longer? Sure. I'm not working 25 hours a day like Gary Vaynerchuk is, but I also don't look my age like Gary Vaynerchuk does. (laughs) So I I think there's a trade-off that I'm willing to have there, right? And and Gary would agree. You're going to be like, you know, if that's your jam, then that's your jam. And that's the thing that we keep forgetting. Own your jam. Do what works for you. And I always tell people, I want you to charge more, not to charge more, but to charge more because when you charge more, you can be more generous. Yes. You know, it gives you the ability to go, yes, I will take on that pro bono client because I really want to work with you. And I know that you're going to get benefit from working with me. And I know that you want to work with me and you just can't afford me. But because my other clients yeah. can subsidize the work that I'm doing, I can work with you and then I can set you free. Right? Well, and I think the interesting thing is like, Emily and I have talked a million times about this give, 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 give. <laughs> and then, um, but it, it translates like it's not just in business. Um, I, my husband and I are currently teaching Financial Peace University and it's Dave yep. Ramsey's program. And literally, part like the first part of budgeting. Is and he's like most people have this upside down, but giving has to be your number one priority, and then saving, and then everything yeah. else. And if you take that same mentality and translate it into business, it might not be like giving people a piece of your business, but it might be your time. It might be your energy. Well, yeah, honest. Okay, this podcast is something that you guys give to your audience. They don't. They don't yeah. pay tons yeah. of money to subscribe. They don't. And, mm-hmm. and we forget that as content creators, we already do a lot that's free. Yes. So it's not about giving away the farm, but it is about being strategic in ways that you can give appropriately for your situation and do the most good. So it's not about giving just to yeah. give. It's about where are we doing the most good with what we're giving away and how can we yeah. really make the most of that? and still earn a living. I mean, y'all aren't doing everything for free or you wouldn't still have a podcast because something's right. got to fund the time and energy that it takes to be able to create this content. Yep. And the money, kids. Woof. <laughs> Sometimes those things you give away are expensive, but you make it worth it. Like, I mean, I think right now we're barely breaking even on if you were just to look at the podcast as a solo right. thing, like sponsors coming in to pay for an episode and we have to pay an editor and someone to do our graphics and someone to put it up on the blog and someone to double check that all that got done. And, um, <laughs> you know, so it's a give yeah. and take scenario, but I think that when you put that time and energy out into the world, it comes yes. back to you if you're open to it. Um, well, and, I mean, it's exactly what you were saying. Of if you're charging more or making more or reaching six figures or whatever the milestone is, it enables us to, yeah, sit here for our, every Wednesday is podcasting day. We get nothing else done but podcasting that we don't make hardly any money right. on because we're breaking even but we're making money through our programs and through our audience and through this. And we know the value that this is providing. So that might look like something different for y'all. The stories that you tell on Instagram, the blog posts that you're able to write, like all of that fits in because you have a profit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) Well, talk strategy to me time. Yeah. All right. So what I want to know is if we take this quiz and we don't like our results, (laughs) 
<laughs> what are some action steps we can well, take? Your results are that? your results. Um, the, the, the type that you have doesn't tend to change unless something really unusual changes in your brain. Okay, so if you have a, you know, I have a friend who had a traumatic head injury and before she was way more chaotic and now she is like ultra linear because she had to rely on process and order and steps to be able to retrain her brain, to be able to tie her shoes and, and eat again. Abby was linear and then got more linear right. after so, her and, and that, and, that, and that's what happens. So unless something unusual happens to you, your type is your type. But what you need to think about is how can you lean into the strengths of your type? Because you have a gift that not everybody has, right? And so because you have that gift, you can really play that up and emphasize that and make that a differentiating factor. You know, there's lots of graphic designers in the world, but a chaotic graphic designer is going to go about things differently than a more linear graphic designer will. And some people are going to want a more linear approach and some people are going to want a more chaotic approach. And that's where your strength is. And that, so go after those people because nobody, and I don't care who, I don't care who you are. Nobody has something for everybody and no product sells itself. I have never seen a product jump off the shelf into my cart, pull the money out of my credit card and give it to the teller. Like I've never seen, I've never seen that happen. Right. I hope you're really cool. Unless my kid is putting stuff in my cart. <laughs> but even then, you can't have to pull it off the shelf, right? The product didn't yeah. do it for you. Right. So we have to be really clear yeah. on what is our messaging? And if you're a chaotic, play up what makes you great, your your experiential nature and the way you really connect with people and experiences and, and that high level of excellence. And if you're a linear, then play up the fact that you meet deadlines and that you do things under budget and you do them on time and you've got an order of operations that makes things easy peasy yeah. for your right clients because people want that. So if you're not happy with your results, yeah. I'd say it's, it, you need a new story around what makes you awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. And guys, this is, these are the cool things that are going to help start attracting your dreamies. Like if you know this true and true about yourself and don't feel bad that it's your type, don't feel like it's holding you back, but that you can lean into it. Like we just talked about, those are the things that you're calling out on your pain points, on your sales page, in your pitches, in your conversations with your clients and your customers. And those are going to, the things that the people who are absolutely your dreamies, they're going to identify yes. those things and say yes, yes to yes. the yes with working with you. So people can go take your quiz over at lisarobinyoung.com slash quiz. But oh where my goodness, else can where am I not, right? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest, but that's mostly, you know, for my personal shopping habits and, and, and paranoia. Um, and, and I'm, you know, very fortunate that I get to do podcasts and guest posts all over the place. So if they go to my website, I have a page that lists all of the places that I've been seen, and you guys will be there shortly. Um, and so it's not hard to find me. It, you just kind of have to put my name in the interwebs and Google will bring you to me. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure entirely. Thanks, guys. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.